Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. It's simply impossible to sit here tonight, having just watched those two incredible Elite Eight games on Saturday, March 25th, and not be over-the-top excited for the two remaining Elite Eight games tomorrow that will determine the rest of our Final Four. Welcome, folks, to the Screen the Screener podcast. This is Mike Randall. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyWarriorMike, FTSY Warrior Mike. I thought it would be important to look back and give you a little preview on the incredible UNC-Kentucky game that we have tomorrow night. Not to slight the Florida-South Carolina game, which I'm sure will be a fantastic game as well between two programs that many people did not think would be here. But the star attraction, the headliner of this Elite Eight weekend is this Kentucky-UNC game. And it makes me think back to December 17th when we had a 10-1 North Carolina team play a 9-1 Kentucky team. That game occurred. It occurred in Las Vegas, no less. Kentucky scored a 103-100 to win in what was a fantastic, maybe the best game of the entire year in college basketball. So if you're a loyal listener to this show, Gus and I broke it down. We broke it down so much that we actually compared it to a 10-round heavyweight fight and went round by round. And what's more appropriate than on the eve of a rematch of maybe the greatest game of the 2016-2017 college basketball season than to replay that 10-round rematch for you. So here it is, folks. Gus and I breaking down on the Screen the Screener podcast the first game, Kentucky 103, UNC 100, three months ago, a brilliant 10-round heavyweight fight. Hope you enjoy it. And what a thrilling, amazing game, Gus, that can only be produced by the sport of college basketball, the players, the passion of college athletics, the fans, the coaches, the historic programs, and that flow. That game flow from that game was unreal. Kentucky 103, UNC 100. The NCAA administration in their infinite wisdom, right, talked about rule changes and to bring back the freedom of motion. Mission accomplished. Just how good was this game? Well, Gus and I are going to compare it to a 10-round championship fight. So we're going to review this game for you, round by round. Each round is going to represent that four-minute period before the TV timeout. Ten rounds, ten summaries, and we're going to score it ten times. Mills Lane, get us ready. Now look here. I expect a tough, clean fight. Protect yourself at all times. Any question from the challenger, any question from the champion, let's get it on. So here we go. Let's go with round one, which again will be the 20-minute from the start of the game to the under-16 TV timeout. It's clear from the start of the game, right, that Kentucky freshman Malik Monk had it rolling early. Off the tip, down, up, and out, top of the key, jumper good. Then he had three from the wing with Kenny Williams trailing behind like that anchor guy in the tug-of-war team that's flopping around because they're about to lose. Then he had a catch, a pump fake, a sidestep three from straightaway. Monk, that was a preview of the night he was going to have. For the Tar Heels, Old Roy had a great game plan. They were running on the break. They hit Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks inside off of that secondary break action that UNC has made so famous. 
They were crashing the board, second chance opportunities, and Joel Berry the second, Gus, which was so key, coming off a sprained ankle against Radford on December 4th, he was our player to watch. For UNC to have a chance to keep it close, he had to be 100%, and it was clear from round one that Berry was ready to roll. At the end of that first timeout, end of round one, Carolina 12, Kentucky 10. We'll score it 10-9 Carolina. All right, let's hit round two. If there was any doubt that Monk was on the verge of a special night, this four-minute segment eliminated that doubt. By the time we reached the end of this part of the game, the under-12 uh, TV timeout, Monk would have 15 points. And normally, strong-on-the-ball defender Kenny Britt would look foolish and be forced to leave the game with two fouls trying to check him. Kentucky started going inside. Bench players kept the pace moving. Uh, for UNC, Joel Berry had a pretty left-handed finish at the rim, and Justin Jackson hit a three, and that now patent floater in the lane. No points for Jackson until the 1350 mark, which is really interesting, but these five points would get his engine going and establish the eventual foil to Monk's historic evening. Kentucky 21 UNC 19. We're going to score that round. 10-9 Kentucky. So now let's hit round three. And this was really the game within the game. Like that great book that you can read over and over again. When we rewatched this game, we picked up little nuances of coaching moves and mistakes. Coming off the break, Kentucky inbounded under UNC's basket and Tony Bradley was on the ball trying to disrupt the inbounds pass. De'Aaron Fox got it in. He inbounded the ball. He went opposite side with Bradley following him. Now clearly Roy thought that he could get away Gus with this mismatch for one possession because yep, he, yep, left, yep. he left Britt on out of bio. The ball went to Fox who made Bradley look foolish on a crazy crossover and then finished with a jaw-dropping reverse layup up and under. UNC pushed the ball right back up the floor, though, in a nanosecond, and Jackson attacks the baskets, get an intentional foul on Briscoe, and he gets the the free throws. Two minutes later, Fox inbounds the ball, and this time Bradley quickly switched with Britt. That shows that those mistakes are not going to happen twice, and that's what we needed to see in this game, to see the adjustments, to see what was going on. Roy picked it up quickly, made the adjustment, and that's how close this game was. Those things are going to matter. And then how about this next sequence, Gus? Fox off the break with an N1, UNC yep. miss, Fox alley-oop for Monk, Meeks off a quick break, he had a deep post-speed layup on the secondary break, then Monk comes down, step back long two with a guy in his face, UNC right back up the court on a Justin Jackson take to the basket that got a foul. This round was fast-paced, great players making great plays, scintillating basketball, Adebayo had a dunk, but then UNC always had an answer. If this was a round... Kentucky ended up being up 36-26 as we went into the under-8 timeout. It's got to be a 10-8 round Kentucky, though. Round four was the Monk versus Berry round. Monk was just unconscious at this point of the game and in the zone, and you could kind of tell he was in for a special night. It was like Michael Jordan uh, shrugging his shoulders like performance. That's what type of night he was having. But just as impressive in this segment was Barry, who proved that he was healthy enough to bring his A game and bring that all-American type uh, prowess that he played with early on in the season. He made huge baskets just when his team needed it most and found itself in a hole. He finished with his left again, a three in his face, kept feeding Jackson, who also got hot and was on his way to a big night, on a big night himself, and this kept UNC close. A 12-point lead at one point for UK, but it ended 47-41 Kentucky at the under-four TV timeout. Barry totally kept his team in the game here and played like the leader that they were lacking the games that he missed. The 12-point lead could have easily gone to 20 if Kentucky pressed, but Barry kept it close. We score this one 10-9 Kentucky. And now let's head to the final round of the first half. More Barry, more Monk. 
Jackson answered Monk with a three. He actually had a couple misses Monk did at this point by some miracle. It was 56-51 Kentucky at the half. Monk had 27 first half points. Just incredible. Jackson had 20 for UNC, and we had ourselves the foundation of a wonderful college basketball game. Monk had the most points and a half by a Kentucky player. He tied with Jamal Murray last year. UNC weathered that storm, and since the finish was only down five, when Monk had 27 points, you figured they'd be down more than five, they're going to win this round. We score that fifth round, 10-9 UNC. All right, halftime scores are in. Mike, what do the judges say? Uh, Even the Russian judge has it close. Kentucky 48, UNC 46. Close game, but Kentucky's got the lead here as we head into the second half. Any thoughts on the first half, Gus? Absolutely. This is like a a UCLA-Michigan redux. You felt like that UCLA-Michigan game, the the pace at which they were playing with was totally unsustainable. I don't know about you, but I had the complete opposite feeling in this game. I felt like the teams almost had more to offer in the second half. I felt like not only was it sustainable, but they were going to they were going to even push the envelope even further. So, I had a totally different vibe coming off of this first half than that high-scoring 50-50 Michigan UCLA game. Yeah, it's so true. It reminded me of that East uh, final between Duke and Kentucky years back when Leitner hit the shot. I mean, this just had a magic in it where you're like this game is going to come down to the wire. So, that first half was incredible. Let's hit the second half. So we start with round six, a lot more game inside. They went bam inside for Kentucky. Then Hicks and Meek, you tell Roy and Calipari, went into the locker room, talked to the coach and said, we got to pound the ball inside because certainly it's not sustainable to continue making long range threes and jump shots throughout the game. Berry versus Fox got fun here and there was an apocalypse upon us because Isaiah Briscoe hit a three. He only had five last year. He was five of 37. He already has five this entire year. Great job for Kentucky. That's a, that's a huge bellwether for them. Justin Jackson stayed hot. It was 67-61 Kentucky at the under-16 timeout, which is the end of round six. No blood, no damage here. Teams coming out, feeling each other out for that round where you're just parrying blows and sort of running around the ring. So we're going to call it even, 10-10. I got round seven, huh? Just happened to be the slowest part of the game. Like two great prize fighters staring each other down. Definitely a little weathered from the fight, catching their breath, trying to see who's going to find that second wind first. Adebayo got his third and had to sit, giving Meeks a chance to grab some putbacks inside. Fox was still on attack. Monk hits another three, but Barry and Jackson answer. 74-72 Kentucky. And hey, look who showed up. Is our buddy Luke May. He gave UNC some more quality minutes off the bench. The 6'8 sophomore definitely gets his, like we said last podcast, gets his money's worth every appearance. He rebounds. He can step out. He got huge minutes for UNC. UNC closes the gap, even with Monk's amazing performance continuing. UNC is right there. We're going to score this round 10-9, and we're going to give this round to UNC. So let's hit round eight. We got three left, people. Monk hits 36 at this point in the second half with almost 11 minutes left, setting an all-time Kentucky record for points by a freshman. Kentucky, one of the most storied programs in the country, and Monk sets a record for all-time points by a freshman with 11 minutes left. Ball goes inside to Bam for Kentucky and Bradley for UNC. Meeks and May also got involved here as well. It was a critical point is when Bradley missed a dunk. They were down eight. He missed the dunk, came back off the rim. Fox goes coast to coast in a nanosecond. By the way, Gus, I think he's faster than John Wall in my eye test. That's saying something. Carolina quickly comes back, though. So Kentucky's up 10. We're hitting about the 10-minute mark in the game. 
but Carolina comes right back and May hits a wide open three. Only his second three of the year to cut it back to seven. That's the type of game this was. This you, the punches, the counter punches, unbelievable. Critical, critical possession with under eight to go. Uh, that was a huge three. It was. Kentucky 84, UNC 77. You would think that Kentucky would start to pull away here. They had the advantage. We scored 10-9 Kentucky in round eight. Oh, round nine. At this point, both teams are shooting 50% from three-point land. Like we mentioned before, we just felt like this that type of shooting and, and, and the type of scoring was going to be sustainable. And please realize that the defense here was actually strong. We mentioned in our lad podcast that we felt like Kentucky was going to be a little bit more committed on the defensive end, and we know that Roy coaches his guys up for big games. This was just a brilliant display of shot-making by amazing student-athletes. So they get the first shot after the break. Guess what it is? A Luke May 3. So vital. When UNC needed a bucket to stay in it, they got it. Fox to the basket because they just can't help on the shooters. Secondary break, deep post pass to Meeks. Fox with another jumper. It looks like he could be the preferred finisher this year because it seems like he can get to the basket whenever he wants. I agree with the quickness comparison to Wall. He can finish with both hands despite being the crafty lefty. They dump it down deep into uh, Hicks in the post off the secondary break, back to what they did in the first half, and both teams are doing what they do best. Then, after a bam, drop step dunk, really nice offensive move, we got a critical double foul on Meeks and Bam. We don't have a big problem with it, They let a lot go in this game, and it was all to the benefit of the viewer, and I'm sure they warned them all night. Unfortunately, with the double fouls, Meeks fouls out. Kentucky up seven. CBS put up this graphic with five minutes left just for your interests to compare the two teams. Field goals made, 55 to 54. Eight threes for Kentucky, seven threes for UNC. 18 assists for Kentucky, 15 assists for UNC. 44 points in the paint to 42 points in the paint. You could not have a more evenly matched game thus far. The critical juncture here is Hicks turns around against two defenders, impressive shot making with Meeks just fouling out. Barry gets another three and he cuts it down to two. And you can just feel the momentum coming back to UNC's side. Monk actually drives to the basket. He hits a nice short pull up, a little floater. Uh, call the press. Monk actually hit a non-three in this game. Barry with a super smart move. He gets to the basket, fouls, two shots, makes them both, of course, going into the final round. 95-93, as soon as the ball is back in play. Here we go. We're going to score this round as busy as it was. We're going to give this round to UNC 10-9, to down to round 10. There's no stopping this now. This is our round. All your strength, all your power, all your love, everything you've got. You're gonna punch and punch. You can't punch no more. This is your whole life here. Do it now. Now. Here's the bell. The war is on. This is the last round. This was it. The final stanza of a fantastic college basketball game. If you're scoring at home, right now we have Kentucky up one going into this final stanza. Monk had a shot that rolled in and out. There was a foul inside. Bradley makes the two big free throws, and here we go. We got 150 left. Kentucky gets a stop, and it's a tie game. The crowd's going crazy. Monk gets a steal. They head up the court, and he throws an alley-oop to Gabriel. Bad decision by Monk. Not a great catch by Gabriel. Went down as a turnover to Gabriel, but it was a lethally bad turnover because they were freshmen. For the life of me, 
I blame Monk. Do not put an offensively challenged player in that situation. Make the easy pass and know your target, Malik, on a fantastic historic game. That was a critical mistake. UNC calls a timeout. Old Roy draws up a play, Gus. And in a tie game, what do you think is the play he runs? They run the elevator play. Why not? We've run it in high school. Cross screen down low. Briscoe's trailing Jackson comes up. He's got to go around the elevator. Three from top of the key. Bang. 32 for Jackson. UNC up one. Roy, I believe. Kentucky's in trouble. The only option, give it to Monk. He's covered. He doesn't make a move. Tonight, he doesn't need to make a move. Jab step series. Bangs a contested three. Barry tries to answer over the seven-foot Isaac Humphreys. I think he got a piece. It was in and out. But Hicks gets a massive rebound. Boy, did Kentucky miss out of bio at that point. Absolutely. They go right back inside to Hicks. Jackson comes off a curl screen on the weak side from the baseline. Briscoe's trailing again. Bounce pass from Hicks. Jackson foul and one. And at this point, I thought UNC had it, which is what makes this game so great. You thought Kentucky's going to win. Is Berry going to play? They keep it close. But now we got a minute left. And now I think UNC's going to win. But Jackson missed a free throw. And on a fantastic night, you cannot blame him. He's an 86.2% free throw shooter. Wonderful game. He was only 10 of 15 from the line in this game. Justin, that's not going to cut it in a big game. I'm sorry. He misses the free throw. UNC gets the rebound on a back tap by May, which was huge. Kentucky now with 30 seconds left decides not to foul. Not to foul. Very smart by Cal. Barry Barry attacks a basket over Humphreys. He misses. Here comes Fox, a.k.a. the Human Flash, up the court. So now UNC is only up two, and they've got to guard the drive because they're only up two. If Jackson had made that, they probably would have defended Monk. But they're only up two. Monk spots up. Fox attacks. Monk is open. Do we even have to talk about it? Bang! 47 points for Monk. Now Kentucky's up one. Roy had no timeout, which I love. Why worry about getting the ball back in? Why call a timeout and then you have to get the ball back in? Barry comes down. He feeds Hicks. Critical moment here because Hicks got doubled now by Humphreys and Fox left Barry. He left Barry open to double Hicks, a 10-point-per-game player. But Hicks has to pass it out. He didn't. He shoots it. Fox rebounds, makes the first one. And then, Gus, this was mystifying to me. I mean, I know they're only freshmen. They're up two. He tried to miss the second one on purpose because there was 1.9 seconds left. Just make it. Just make it. So he banks it in and he's like exasperated that he made it. They're up three, which is the right move. They pass it in. Hicks calls a timeout, which was absolutely uh, travel, by the way. Reeked of Chris Webber, but that's fine. Um, Roy ran a fabulous misdirection play to the far court, which May had a tremendous throw to. um, But then Kentucky defended it, but they fell out of bounds. And then with 0.7 seconds left, another thing that just made me raise my eyebrows, Gus. Mm -hmm. They need a three to tie. Monk... Let's Kenny Williams just run to the three-point line instead of defending and making him pass back door, right? Because there's only 0.7 seconds left. Williams got a three off. It was contested, but he misses it. What a miss. What a game. We scored, folks. 96 Kentucky, 95 UNC. An unbelievable game, a spectacular all-around game, and an unreal ending. It was very close to the actual score of the game, 103-100. So if it was a boxing match or a basketball 
game. I mean, it's tight either way. So here are the few takeaways I had from this. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think all the viewers benefited from this. College basketball benefited from this. Um, UNC benefited. Uh, University of Kentucky benefited. There was no real losers in this game. I think it reinforces how good Barry is. I think it also puts a stamp on that Fox and Monk could be the best backcourt, not only freshman backcourt, but just plain old backcourt in the nation. Monk's performance was was transcendent. The list of people that he just, you know, that he leapfrogged to get to the top of the Kentucky scoring list was unreal as well. 47 points against all-American type talent. This wasn't like 47 against like, you know, the school of the blind. No offense to the school of the blind. They just may not be fantastic basketball players in Division I. But 47 points against a top 10 ranked team who some people think can go to the Final Four, the, the performance was through the roof. I, I, I am blown away by how well he played. I am blown away by how well both teams played. And you, we mentioned this in our round-by-round rundown. The coaches really coached their pants off. I mean, Williams lost his jacket, so he, he coached his jacket off. But those guys made great adjustments coming into the second half and then throughout the second half. And they, they were not shortchanged by any means on their part. And they put their student athletes in the best positions to be successful. And holy cow, I, I, just, there were so many things to pay attention to. Uh, you're, again, your eyes almost didn't know where to go with this game. Yeah, I, I'm going to be critical now. Listen, it was a brilliant basketball game. I'm jumping around. I'm making my wife watch it. Kids are all over the house, probably grabbing electrical sockets and stuff. I, you know, but it was it was that good. I will be a little critical. First off, Malik Monk needed to have every one of those 47 points, Gus, or they're not winning this game. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know if you can expect him to shoot that well for. In, in an NCAA tournament like East Final or Final Four, especially sometimes those games are in domes, right? So it's harder to shoot. Ask a buddy healed what happened last year, right? Exactly, yeah. But you knew right away he was on fire. I'm going to tell you right now, just like we used to joke about Middle Tennessee State last year against Michigan, you knew in two minutes. He was shaking his head after the second shot. He had the MJ shrug. Certainly Kentucky would have lost this game if Monk doesn't have 47. That's for sure. Um I do think Fox is the finisher. He got to the basket whenever he wanted to. Um, I don't think Gabriel's giving Kentucky what they need. I mean, I think he wants to be like a Rodman player, but he doesn't Mm -hmm. get that many rebounds. He's offensively challenged. They give him three feet when he catches the ball. Um, But I I saw something there. I I was really impressed with UNC because I guess I just expected with Barry coming off the injury that they weren't going to compete in this game, and they did, and they're going to get better. So great game all around. Kentucky loaded, tremendous talent. Callus to mesh them together a little bit more. Fox is a big time player. Not we know Monk's gonna be an NBA player. Fox is an NBA point guard. Period. He's a, he's a he's just wind him up. He's a plug and play. Let him go, folks. What a great game. Hey, I have a quick question for you. We we didn't really talk about this beforehand. Do you feel like Fox is gonna have as big an impact as Chris Dunn did last year? I think he's gonna have more because his arms are so long. And yeah. he's on the ball defender. He ha- I've seen him this year. I have some rips, you know, where they cross over and he pokes yeah. it and then runs behind. And he can finish righty or lefty. He's hitting, you know, the, you know, MJ really had the scoring when he was doing the pull up jump shots, right? The lost mm-hmm. art of the pull up jump shot. Fox, see, I didn't see Monk get to the basket. I don't see Monk yet as a guy who puts the ball down and gets all the way to the rim. So I think defenses will adjust to him. I don't know how you stop Fox. 
I have no idea. You can't press on him. He'll go right by. He's great in transition. He can dunk. He makes his free throws. He can pull up. He's not great from three, but he's so long that he can get by you in a blink of an eye. I think he's going to be better than Chris Dunn. Yeah, I, I felt like the defensive comparison was 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 spot on um, with Dunn. I just felt like he could impact the game in so many ways. Um, and if yeah, if he can get, I mean, he's not shooting a great percentage from three, but if he gets that, you know, just even kind of at the level, I mean, he is borderline unguardable um, as far as like how long he is and how quick he is with or and without the ball. Um, and you know what else I, I you know what else I was really enjoying uh, in this game was the uh, Briscoe and Jackson matchup because you knew Briscoe was going to be on Jackson uh, the entire game and you saw how smooth and how silky and how like crafty Jackson is. It's not like he was a uh, you know it's not like he's lights out uh, faster or a better athlete than Briscoe, but you saw how he operates in an offense and how he can find the creases in that offense and get his get his shots, get his floaters, get his threes, uh, work around the screens. Um, so I was I was impressed by that matchup. And, you know, I was happy to see Briscoe hit a three or two, too. Basketball has changed, Gus, with the three-point line because you play a team like Kentucky that shoots it that well. You can't help. And if you can't help, you have to be able to contain the guards one-on-one, and you can't contain Fox one-on-one. So that's why I, I, I've been pushing on Twitter as well. Start Willis. Don't start Gabriel. Listen, Cal, yeah. knows, Cal knows what he's doing. He has a national title. Right. Uh, I'm just excited I have a, a Greek pita, and I get to watch Middle Tennessee State. I mean, that's fine. But I just think that Willis gives him another shooter out there. I don't know if Gabriel's given him 10 boards a game. If he was, it's a different story. And Adebayo is a key guy, of course. But what a spe- spectacular game. Unbelievable. I mean, we, we felt like we got a couple of good, like, games of the year candidates early on, but this one blew every other game out of the water. It, it is the leader in the clubhouse, and and if we happen to find a game um, that tops this one, then, you know, we luck out as the viewers, that's for sure. I said I'd pay 500 bucks to see this in a Final Four or championship, and that's totally, totally true. Um, <laughs> Great. So there you go, folks. There was the recap, and I guess i got to start counting my $500. Because we're going to have it tomorrow night. Two great games tonight. Congratulations to Gonzaga. Congratulations to Oregon. Gonzaga, they deserve it. They've been a top program in the country. They're no longer a mid-major. They're a top basketball program. They deserved the Final Four. Kudos to them. Kudos to my partner, Gus Kearns, who predicted this back in October. And congratulations to the Oregon Ducks in a thrilling, huge upset over Kansas in Kansas City without Chris Boucher. Injuries that happened this year, Dylan Brooks beginning of the year, they have made a Final Four. And so tomorrow, we have South Carolina and Florida, and the legendary game, the headliner game, the Kentucky Wildcats, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Folks, it's going to be a good one. Gus and I will be back soon to recap all the action for you. Just want to get that 10-round heavyweight fight down. Hopefully enjoyed it. Whet your appetite. And as Terrell Owens said, folks, get your popcorn ready. We'll talk to you soon. Screen the Screener Podcast. So